for Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan, presented by Greenbelt Premium and Devonis, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is brought to you by Fanball.com, Town Hall Family, Greater Twin Cities Honda Dealers, Joe Sensors. Hudson Ford, and by Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball.com, Scott Fish, Matt Harrison, and Brian Johnson, here's the fans, Paul Charchian. Good morning, and it is early. It is an early morning. We've got Gophers versus Ohio State early kickoff, so we have shifted to the early <laughs> slot. Sorry, I can't help but laugh at that. The, the Minnesota <laughs> Golden Sacrificial Lambs? Yeah, it's um, it's going to be bad, I think. Um, that kickoff is, I think, 11 o'clock. Pre-game, I assume, at 9 o'clock, and that's, uh, that's when we'll wrap up. 7 to 9 o'clock, Fantasy Football Weekly. Those are the voices of my co-hosts, Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Hello. It is uh, my alma mater, by the way. I'm not hating on the Gophers that much. I'm just very worried about this man. No, my alma mater too. But they're they're playing the <laughs> yeah. number three ranked team in 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 the nation. So yeah. I, I I don't like our chances in particular. The boat is in trouble. Uh, plenty coming up over the course of the show, including take a chance on me. Nine players that you can, uh, many of whom you can pick up off the waiver wire that you would not normally start. Three hot questions, premature speculation, all of the matchups, and plenty to get to. Including some juicy ones, including this one, Brian. Pittsburgh taking on Cincinnati, a game that should be an absolute point orgy. Yeah, let's jump right into it. Nothing like a point orgy at this hour. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who doesn't want a point orgy at 7 a.m.? Mm. Well, so, if it lasted from the previous day, maybe. Well, I yeah, don't then, know. yeah, there you go. Yeah, let's keep it going. Uh, <laughs> let's start with James Conner. Might be uh, the last hurrah for him this year with uh, Le'Veon Bell expected back. Next oh, we'll talk week. more about we'll that a uh, little bit that. later. Yeah, but uh, he's getting an A. Uh, Miami, the abysmal Miami running backs totaled 178 combo yards against Cincinnati last week. So you got to love James Conner in this matchup as the uh, still the lone bell cow. Le'Veon Bell totaled 374 and a touchdown in his two meetings with Cincinnati last year, and their defense was much better than it is yeah, this correct. year. So, Connor, easy A. As, in, as is Antonio Brown, I'm not even going to go into that. You're starting mm-hmm. Antonio, obviously. Juju, an A as well. Can I throw in a quick Empire question? Yeah. Juju v. Antonio next year, whether draft, auction. Who are you drafting first or spending more on? It's It's got to be Juju next year, right? Mm-hmm. Getting cl- I don't. I don't think so. Startup, but but if there were an empire, if you're talking, oh, like a, a startup, startup empire yes. league, yes, yes, yeah, then I want the five or six year age differential, and it would be Juju for yeah, sure. He's closing the gap, but he gets yeah. an A as well. Uh, the Bengals are allowing the fifth most catches to wide receivers. Uh, Devin Funches has had a huge game running out of the slot, and uh, Juju should do the same for Pittsburgh. Uh, Vance McDonald can give them a C. Only one catch against Atlanta last week. That yeah, was disappointing. Kind of a letdown. But uh, this is a good matchup. The Bengals have allowed a tight end touchdown in three or five games this season. Only Carolina, uh, who only has rookie Ian Thomas, and the Miami tight ends failed to score against the Bengals. So Vance is still startable this week. And Big Ben uh, on the road, just going to get a B. Uh, here's his passing touchdown totals in his last four at Cincinnati. 2-1-1-0. Hasn't topped 300 yards in that span. But uh, again, that Bengals defense is... Not as good as it has been in the past. No, and really, this is Ben's. That's very typical of Ben's road games. Period. Regardless of venue, two one one zero is a lot yeah. of just who. That's who Ben is on the road. It's kind of his moxie on the road, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, and uh, over to the Bengals side, uh, Joe Mixon. 
Uh, he gets an A. Pittsburgh has allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to backs, but they haven't really faced a, a back at the talent level of Mixon. So uh, he's still uh, an easy A. Gio Bernard is out, and uh, sorry about Mark Walton. At least he had two catches last week, but he won't yeah. factor here. <laughs> so no, it's all, no, uh, probably not. All Joe Mixon, uh, A.J. Green, another easy A. Uh, Pittsburgh allowing more than 215 yards and one-and-a-half touchdowns per game. Two wide receivers. Uh, A.J. had seven for 77 yards. That's a jackpot in his last meeting with two, mm-hmm. t- two touchdowns uh, the last yeah. time he faced the Steelers. So, duh, you're going to start A.J. Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd gets another B, 90-plus uh, yards, and or a touchdown in three of his last four games. They've been running Green out of the slot more than Boyd, though, and uh, that's yeah, why Boyd that weird? struggled a little last week, and yeah. Green had the bigger game. So keep an eye on that. So Boyd is not the primary slot guy. And then uh, one more pass catcher to mention is uh, C.J. Uzoma. I like to call him Uzi. 93% of the snaps last week. He is the guy with Tyler Eifert gone, and only Tampa Bay has allowed more fantasy points to tight ends than the uh, Steelers. So Uzi gets a, a C. It might borderline B in this uh, point. Yeah, I, I wouldn't blame you if you gave him a B here. Yeah. So let's just do that. Let's give Uzi the B. And then Andy Dalton, an A. Multiple touchdowns, both Steeler matchups last year. That offense is getting better by the week, it seems. So he's an A it for does. Andy Dalton. And, and, and the Steelers' pass defense is terrible. They're yep. 30th in yards allowed. They're 32nd in, sorry, 31st in touchdowns allowed. It's a it's a great opportunity for Andy Dalton, my number five quarterback right on. this week. Uh, Matt, let's go to uh, Seattle taking on Oakland. This is a London game, so we will not say in Oakland, but technically I think Oakland is the host. Um, regardless of venue, these have been two middling offenses. What do you think about their opportunities here? Well, hello, governor. <laughs> Welcome to foggy London down. <laughs> Chris Carson gets a B. The Raiders run defense is Richard III, as in careful not to step in that steaming pile of Richard III. They've allowed the fourth most yards to running backs, and three opponents have topped 100 yards against them so far this year. Gets the B. Russell Wilson. It's a lot of tosh to think you would drop Russell or bench Russell Wilson right now. <laughs> a lot of tosh, you said. A lot of tosh. He hasn't been running much this season. No. But he has thrown for multiple touchdown passes in four or five starts. And the Raiders' secondary is made up of odds and sods. <laughs> They've allowed multiple passing scores in four or five. Tyler Lockett gets a B as well. Three of Lockett's four scores this year have come from at least 39 yards out. Mm. five of the nine touchdowns the Raiders have allowed to opposing receivers have come on catches of 34 yards or more. That's a spawny outcome for Lockett. (laughs) Doug Baldwin gets a C. He practiced in full all week, and he played last week, but he might as well honked all over the pub with one catch for one yard. But he's very cagey. He knows his onions, and the Raiders have allowed (laughs) the fifth most yards to wide receivers this year. Let's go to the Raiders side. Marshawn Lynch gets an A grade. Oh, that's got to hurt you right there. I know charges to the core. You're very miffed because I've been down on Lynch this year. Yep. I guess that makes me a numpty. <laughs> Indeed it does. <laughs> Noted numpty. Yep. This is the revenge game of all revenge games though. Some might call it an argy bargy, which is a heated <laughs> confrontation. Of course it is. Lynch threw himself a patty and quit the Seahawks a few years back, and the Raiders accepted him warts and all. And if not, it's not when he'll or when he'll score a touchdown. It's he's gonna score a touchdown. So what will be the celebration this week? Will he take mm. the Mickey? Will he tease or mock his old gaffer <laughs> Pete Carroll? Will he go knees up in the end zone? You can bet he will be chuffed. <laughs> 
Derek Carr gets a bench grade. Uh, the Raiders have not topped 21 points in la- nine of their last 10 games, and Seattle has allowed the eighth fewest passing yards this season and have more picks than passing touchdowns allowed. It just so happens that Carr has also thrown more picks than scores. Uh, Jordy Nelson, I'm giving him a C grade. He's averaging five catches for 88 yards over his last three games, thanks in part to a long run after catch on a touchdown a few weeks ago. He used to be a real corker in Green Bay. It looks <laughs> yeah. like he's more of a damp squib in o- Oakland, though. Uh, Amari Cooper is as bent as a nine bob note charge. I, that's what I always say about Amari Cooper. Yeah, in even weeks he's averaging nine catches for 122 yards. In odd mm. weeks he's averaging one catch for 13. He's all mouth and no trousers. <laughs> Every time Seattle has faced a team with a good wide I, receiver, I don't want to imagine him with no trousers <laughs> and or all mouth. <laughs> Every time Seattle's faced a team with a good wide receiver, that player has done well, and it's an even week for Amari Cooper. So. Have they faced any good receivers? Man, the, the Seahawks, it has been like, just crap offense versus crap offense versus crap well, offense. They finally get the Rams, and both the receivers get knocked out. Yeah, I think I was Robert Woods did well, and Emmanuel mm-hmm. Sanders did well. Finally, Jared Cook, he gets a C grade away from Oakland. It's been nothing but hard cheese for Cook. <laughs> The Seahawks are allowing only 42 yards per game to opposing tight ends and only one score this season. Still, Cook is the most targeted player in the NFL inside the 10-yard line, which I like to call the red coat zone. So I'm going to give Jared Cook a C grade. Wow. I thought you were an absolute wanker. <laughs> Thank you. For that. Thank you. Um, How does one wonk on a pub, or was it wank? Honk. 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 A lot of to pub vomit. honking. To vomit. Oh, oh, yeah. that's oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Uh, <laughs> that was very well done. Arizona goes to Minnesota. I, I will do the whole thing in a Minnesota in a as in the voice of a Don't Minnesota you know. resident. <laughs> and so it'll sound just like somebody from Minnesota is doing this matchup. OK, how's that? Uh, sound? I challenge you to do this. OK, well, I, I live in Minnesota. so oh. That makes oh. it easy. A grades across now. There are there's one A grade to be had for the Minnesota Vikings, wait, but more broadly, minute, Church, you yeah. kind of sound like a resident of Arizona, right? Do now, I really? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Sometimes when I do out of state radio, they're all bummed out that I don't sound like the people from Fargo. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I think the Vikings will want to try to run the ball in this game. They've had a series of tough matchups in which they could not run. They haven't had the opportunity to have Dalvin Cook on the field. They're running the fewest rushing plays in the NFL. They've got the fewest rushing yards per game. I think uh, maybe third fewest. I may be wrong about that off the top of my head. Uh, either way, this is a uh, this is an opportunity for Dalvin Cook to get right, and it comes up against a really wobbly defense, including a thirtieth ranking for Arizona in rushing yards allowed, one hundred thirty four rushing yards per game. They're last in rushing touchdowns allowed. This feels like a very nice opportunity. Uh, for Dalvin Cook in this game. And not only that, Latavius Murray could get into the action at some point as well. It comes down to just rushing touchdowns and who's going to get the ball at the goal line. That's probably Latavius Murray. So I've got C grades on both of these runners under the presumption that the Vikings want to try to get to some kind of equilibrium with the rushing game and can actually be at least a little bit effective. This is their weakest run defense they've seen all year by a mile. Kirk Cousin gets a B grade here. Uh, I believe, again, he will throw fewer uh, passes than perhaps any other game. Uh, Cardinals run defense is bad, as I mentioned. In Kirk's two low-volume games, he's averaged 270 yards and one-and-a-half touchdown passes, and that puts him firmly into B-grade territory. Stephon Diggs draws Patrick Peterson 
for this matchup. And Diggs has been great. So has Peterson. Peterson has allowed 89 receiving yards this year. Total all year, 89 receiving yards in coverage. I don't know why you'd throw at the only good corner they have, though. That's the thing. So I, you know, and I believe that there's no reason for Patrick Peterson to not take Stefan Diggs. He doesn't work the slot. Yeah. He's not going to go in Laquan Treadwell. So the the path of least resistance goes through Adam Thielen with a clear A grade here. He won't get Patrick Peterson. He will get utility safety Buda Baker, which is a strong advantage for Thielen. Another very big game coming potentially here. The Cardinals defense has only faced one top 20 passing offense, and that team was the Rams, and they threw for 350 yards, and all their three of their receivers posted strong games. I like Thielen in this matchup. Kyle Rudolph also a B start. He's caught at least five passes in four straight games. Cardinals allowed Jordan Reed, Trey Burton, and George Kittle to average roughly four grabs and 62 yards. Those are solid numbers for Rudolph and always an end zone threat. Let's go to the Arizona side where there's not a lot to talk about. The entire passing game is on the bench. Not that the Vikings secondary has been as elite as last year, but it'll be plenty good enough to contain Josh Rosen, who just has shown basically no explosiveness aside from that one long touchdown to Christian Kirk. And then you add in Larry Fitzgerald hobbled by his ongoing hamstring injury, and and I think Kirk gets shadow coverage from Xavier Rhodes. We're not starting any of them. David Johnson gets a B grade. Vikings remain very tough to run against. They haven't allowed a rushing touchdown all year. They're only giving up 80 ground yards per game. But where Johnson can be effective is through the air. His average receiving game hasn't been great to this point because they haven't used him that much, but the Vikings have allowed 44 or more receiving yards to four different backs, and I think David Johnson will ultimately potentially have more air yards than ground yards in this game. Let's take a break. When we come back, take a chance on me. Nine players not normally in your starting lineup. All of them available to start. Some of them on the waiver wire this week. We'll tell you who they are when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Chance on me. Nine players that you would not normally start, but you will this week. And several of these guys available on the waiver wire. One of mine definitely isn't. And two of mine, well, probably are, depending on your league. I'm going to fall asleep. To this. I know. This is bad. This, this is not No. This is not this 7 a.m. Smooth, baby. Yeah, that's, not, that's not cool for 7. <laughs> I'm nervous about how this is going to work out. Start at the quarterback position, Brian. All right. I got Sam Darnold at home against the Colts. Uh, the Colts secondary is incredibly banged up. The top it three is. corners uh, on their depth chart, Nate Harrison, Kenny Moore, and Quincy Wilson, all questionable to play, as are both starting safeties, Clayton Gathers and Malik Hooker. Mm. Uh, they might have uh, dead hookers playing in secondary. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You had to go but, uh, there, didn't yeah. you? Uh, but I've you like never new- seen so many in the trunks <laughs> of cars. <laughs> oh, boy. So the Colts are one of 10 teams yielding 40 pass attempts per game to opposing quarterbacks. I like that for Darnold in this game. And uh, two weeks ago, Deshaun Watson rushed for a touchdown. Last week, Tom Brady rushed for a touchdown against the Colts. So they cover both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> so any quarterback can run for a touchdown against yeah, the Colts. So I'm calling that for Darnold, but no, like Darnold in this game. All right. 
Oh, yeah, I'm going with Baker Mayfield of the Browns against the Chargers. Baker faced off against a better defense last week, mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. He tallied 342 yards through the air and 23 on the ground. The Chargers, not as good. They've given up the fifth most touchdown passes this season at just over two per game, and due to injuries to both pass rushers and the secondary, they're susceptible to Baker Mania. Baker Mania, you say? Yeah. Really? Jameis Winston makes his first start of the year against Atlanta, a team that has allowed four straight opposing quarterbacks to throw for exactly three touchdowns. I would happily take three touchdowns for my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. Three of the last four to face Atlanta, 335 yards or more. Winston faced Atlanta one time last year. Three touchdowns, 300 passing yards. Jameis Winston, our take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. Let's go to the running back position. Brian. Uh, I need some help here, guys. I'm, I'm actually going with a fullback. Is this the first wow. fullback in uh, TACOM history? Um, well, we go back a ways. You I know, know, Michael Stott was probably I, I like a bunch. Aaron Ripkowski probably got yeah. like, hey, you're going to get a goal line dive for the Packers. I'm sure wow. someone was in good hands with all Stott at some point. <laughs> yeah, un- undoubtedly. Undoubtedly, yeah. So uh, we got Kyle Juszczyk. 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 Of the San Francisco 49ers. All right. Going up uh, against Green Bay on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Matt Breida, it looks like. Likely no Pierre Garcon. No Trent Taylor. And uh, sadly, Marquise Goodwin has been made of glass all year. So That is true. Use check. check. Use check. Might be the top uh, pass get, catching option in this game. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Alphabet. Uh, fourth on the team with 20 targets. Uh, coming off a six-catch, uh, 75-yard performance last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to be chasing points in this game in Green Bay, believe it or not. And... Uh, uh, Kyle J, I'm just going to call him that, has 144 well, Don't say catches. Kyle J because it's a silent J. Then you'd have Kyle to call Kyle Yay. Kyle <laughs> Yay. What, what was I thinking picking this guy this early in the morning? As <laughs> yeah, yeah, no him. kidding. And, uh, but hey, he's got more than twice as many catches as Alfred Morris and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> half the snaps. So uh, it's all about this guy in this game. <laughs> that, yeah, that Ju- guy. Kyle, Juice. Kyle, use check. Use, use check. Use check. Use, use check. Use, use check. All right. All right. Sorry, Matt. You're going to sense a pattern here. I have Duke Johnson of the Cleveland Browns going up against the Chargers. Did you know from 2015 to 2017, Duke Johnson led the NFL in yards per touch with six yards per touch? Okay. He's too talented for Hugh Jackson. (laughs) Hugh Jackson to leave him hidden on the bench. (laughs) He's played 51% of the snaps last week compared to 35% for Carlos Hyde. Mm. But Hyde out-touched Duke 19-6. Something's got to give. It's going to turn around soon. The Chargers have been particularly bad against receiving backs this year, Mm. allowing the sixth most receiving yards to the position. Duke Johnson's been dropped in a lot of leagues. You can go grab him. Duke Johnson, I dropped Duke Johnson in the one league I had him in. Yeah. So, yeah, I've kicked him to the curb. Bilal Powell is sitting at potentially a very good game against Indianapolis. Uh, we've already told you about the the many deficiencies to the Indianapolis team and, and defense with all the injuries they've got. Also, this injury. Isaiah Crowell's a game-time decision. May not play, and if he does play, he could see a, a reduced workload. Powell has shown his worth to the Jets' offense, rushing for a solid four and a half yards per carry. He has topped 65 total yards in four or five games this year. And Indianapolis is one of five teams that's allowed at least 300 receiving yards to running backs this year. Church, 
I think Bilal Powell has finally made it to like the Hall of Fame of take a chance on me players. Yeah, I think you've be. used it five times, like seventeen times yeah. in the last three years. That is probably true. Uh, in the Colts' last eleven road games, they've given up ninety yards or more from scrimmage to running backs in eight of the eleven. So I like all of that. Let's go to the receivers. Who you got? Uh, we're going to stay with this game. Uh, other team, though, I got Ryan Grant of the Colts uh, going up against the Jets. Uh, like Grant has been very reliable this year. At least seven targets and five catches in three of five games. Scored a touchdown in one of the games that he didn't hit those milestones. Yeah. And uh, the Jets have uh, allowed the fourth most yards to wide receivers. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is out of this game. Eric Ebron will play, but is definitely banged up. So uh, I like Ryan Grant here. And uh, we'll talk more about this game in a minute. But yeah, okay. Ryan Grant. You're going to sense a pattern here. You think so? I've got David and Joku of the Cleveland Browns, and Joku's been dropped in a ton of leagues. Yeah. He's available in about a third of fantasy leagues right now, and that's most likely due to the fact that he has not scored a touchdown in how many games? Nine games in a row. That's nine. Nine times. Yeah. Nine times. Nine times in a row he has not scored a touchdown. Generally a bad thing for a tight end. Correct. However, since Baker Mayfield took over, he's averaging... Nine targets per game. Nine times. Yes. Nine times. And he's top seven amongst tight ends in both targets and air yards this season. Mm. The Chargers recently gave up 125 yards and a score to George Kittle. While I won't call those numbers, there's a good chance he finds pay dirt this week. I like it. Uh, finally, Mohamed Sanu is the slot corner for Atlanta. Is and that he's Daddy Mohamed Sanu? This is senior, okay. not junior. Let All me right. be clear about this. Yeah. Junior uh, looks promising, though. Yeah. Making excellent you got, moves. You got that three-year-old in your Devi league? Absolutely. Uh, Mohamed Sanu's a slot corner, meaning he will draw Tampa's rookie cornerback, MJ Stewart, all game. And that is a huge advantage for Sanu. Stewart gave up 102 yards and three touchdowns in Tampa's last game. One game, three touchdowns from the slot against MJ Stewart. Sanu is next. Atlanta has allowed the most touchdowns to wide receivers. I'm calling my shot right now. Touchdown, Mohamed Sanu. Ooh. Uh, dirt cheap at Fanball, by the way, at only 5,700. Excellent ad. Uh, good job, guys. Um, Matt did not necessarily think out of the box with the, the Cleveland thing, but that's okay. Let's see if we can uh, sneak in one more matchup into They're this gonna segment. They're going to the Chargers this week. Brian, we've already talked a lot about Indianapolis taking on the Jets. Let's uh, let's drill down on the handful of guys we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, starting with Indy, Ebron is going to play, it sounds like. Yeah. Not a great matchup, though. Uh, the Jets have not allowed a tight end to catch more than two passes or go over 36 yards this year, and he's definitely banged up. So uh, mm-hmm. just going to give Ebron a C, because I am worried. Uh, about that injury. Uh, Ryan Grant just mentioned him. He was my take a chance on me wide receiver. And you know what? If you miss that on him, Chester Rogers might be viable yes. this week as well. Uh, he was nearly my... He, at one but, point, he was my take a chance on me wide receiver was Chester Rogers. And I probably would have went down to that level if Ebron were to sit. But he still could have a better game than Ryan Grant. So he's getting to see as well. At least 11 targets in each of his last two games. And the mm-hmm. Jets, uh, as I mentioned, over 1,000 yards already allowed to wide receivers, fourth worst in the league. So uh, Rodgers gets a C. Uh, and I'll give Andrew Luck a B for that reason. He has thrown more passes than any other quarterback. Uh, hasn't really been airing it out, but I'm seeing some zip on those throws. So uh, I'm encouraged, and I'm not too worried about the shoulder so much anymore. Uh, the Colts have just rushed for uh, 74.4 yards per game this season, so they've been throwing a lot. So I like Luck in this game. Now, uh, Nyheim Hines. <laughs> Nyheim Hines has been a top 12 uh, PPR back over the last few weeks with Marlon Mack out. 
But Marlon Mack is returning. Uh, really muddies the water here. So I'm going to give Hines a C in PPR, but he's on the bench now in standard. Oh. As is Mar- Would that be the return of the Mac? Oh, I like it. Yeah. Um, can we? Can we? <laughs> that's a great song, all time banger. So, uh, yeah, but return of the Mac, but he's on the bench. It is not a great running, uh, great matchup for running backs. And uh, with the return of the Mac, uh, Hines gets a C, like I said, and uh, Mac is still on the bench, though, even though he has returned. Yeah, and I, I, it's not clear what his role will be for this offense. And now it's four, it's four running backs deep, which is disgusting. And uh, about the, let's go to the Jets real quick. Uh, Bilal Powell was your take a chance to me runner because this is a great matchup, and yep. he's a. An A grade start, possibly. If, Cro- if Crowell doesn't go, Powell is an A grade yeah, start. So, and Crowell yeah. is a game time decision. I can't really tell you much more than that. So you're gonna have to I'll monitor that closely. Sunday, That's yes. all you can do. And then, um, uh, Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anunwa. I'll make this quick and give them both a C. This is a great matchup. Uh, as mentioned, that secondary is very, very, very banged up. And uh, for that reason, Sam Darnold was my take a chance on me quarterback. All right, excellent. Uh, yeah, Anunia coming off his zero zero for zero uh, last week, and this is—I think he's a guy you could absolutely have back in your lineup this week. They kind of moved him out of the slot last week, yeah, which fools. Was, yeah, put him back. Dude in is a yeah. slot corner, without a doubt. We'll take a break when we come back. Another set of matchups, including the Chargers versus the Cleveland Browns. Matt likes every single Cleveland Brown, and you're calling it a—you're calling a win, right? Yeah, they're going to win. They're going to win. They beat, uh, you'll remember, they beat the Chargers in Cleveland two years ago for their only win of the year. They were the one of they the were, one in 31. They were, absolutely. Uh, we'll uh, dive into that one, including what to do with Philip Rivers and Keen, the slumping Keenan, Keenan, Keenan Allen when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Paul Charchi and Brian Johnson and Matt Harrison with you. Back to the matchups, including the Chargers traveling to Cleveland, as we mentioned going into the break. The Chargers, Matt, went to Cleveland. I think they've actually played each other three straight years, but they yes. were in Cleveland two years ago and they lost to the then winless Browns. And the team that would and the Browns team that would end up getting their only win in two seasons was against this Charger team. What do you think about your Chargers this week against a far better Cleveland defense than we've seen in years? You call them my Chargers. Come on. Your Chargers. I already said the Browns. You're already all over the Browns. Win. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got Melvin Gordon still as an A grade. We don't really need to talk that much about him. But nope. Austin Eckler gets a C. Uh, Eckler's only top 10 touches once this year. He's had at least seven every week. The Browns haven't been specifically bad against receiving backs. They're only allowing 5.6 receptions per game to the position, mm-hmm. which Eckler probably splits with Gordon. But Eckler's still broken a couple of big ones, and he's kind of a take-a-chance-on-me dart throw kind of a uh, oh, he's way back. Be- well, way better than that. Uh, Let's give Austin in, not, Eckler uh, the no, love he No, not in deserves. this matchup. Not in this matchup. You go ahead and give him the love he deserves. Well, I want to mention about Austin Eckler. Okay. I think he's a very good player, too. Do you? This week. Did you know he's top 59 total yards in every game? Did mm-hmm. you know he scored in three of five games? Yes. Did you know he's averaging six yards per carry? Did you know that there isn't any other running back in the NFL that can make that specific claim? Well, Duke Johnson could from 2015 to 2017. <laughs> Not six <laughs> yards per carry, he couldn't. Six yards per touch. How about that? All right. I've got a B grade on Eckler for the record. Yeah, your dart throw is my B grade. Yeah, I don't think that if if he's not getting more than ten touches, I don't know how you can give a B grade to somebody because he's get well because he keeps doing it every week. Okay. That's how. Uh, Keenan Allen, I'm giving a B grade to as well. 
Uh, Allen is developing a bit of a concerning road split. He hasn't scored or topped 67 yards in four straight road games, but he still mm. gets the B because he most likely avoids Denzel avoids Denzel Ward for the most part, who does not move to the slot where Allen runs most of his routes. Speaking of Denzel Ward, he's played really well this year. He probably flexes out to Mike Williams, which means Mike Williams is on the bench. Ward held John Brown to only 58 yards on 14 targets last week. I don't imagine Williams can hit the 14 target mark in this game. Philip Rivers, I'm giving a B, though. Uh, the Browns have the highest blitz rate in the NFL. Philip Rivers has the top quarterback rating in the NFL when pressured. Wow. That's a recipe for uh, success right there. That is. I like it. Uh, still, Philip Rivers is averaging over 300 yards per game and thrown for multiple scores every week, so he's a solid B even against this pretty good Cleveland defense. Agreed. Over on the other side, uh, David Njoku, Baker Mayfield, Duke Johnson, all my take-a-chance-on-me guys, mm. all getting C grades. Carlos Hyde also getting a C grade. Hyde is still dominating touches with at least 17 in every game this season, but the cuts and snap count have to have you concerned. He saw the field with only 35% last week. The Chargers have allowed the seventh-fewest rushing yards per game to opposing running backs this year at just under 74, so Hyde gets downgraded a little bit here. And Nick Chubb, of course, is on the bench. Uh, he only gets three touches per game. Yeah, they're usually great. Yeah. <laughs> he only gets three touches I, well, per Well, actually, game. they're not usually great. <laughs> Twice they've been great. Okay. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, the receivers, Jarvis Landry, he's getting a B grade. Mm-hmm. Averaging 11.6 targets per game with Baker Mayfield as the quarterback. Slot corner Desmond King for the Chargers has allowed 17 catches on 19 targets this season. And Cooper Cup scored against him uh, just a few weeks ago. And then finally, the other receivers, Richard Higgins is injured and probably not going to play. So Antonio Callaway seems a bit more interesting. I'm leaving him on the bench, though, after Hugh Jackson cut his snaps last week due to too many drops. When Higgins left the field last week, we saw Derek Willies come in to replace him. He saw the same amount of targets as Callaway. They each had five in that game. So it, it just seems a mess after Landry and, and Joku. So I'm staying away from that. All right. Next, uh, next matchup is... Tampa Bay taking on the Atlanta Falcons, and there should be points everywhere in this game. I already told you Jameis Winston is my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback, and that means I must like his receivers. Mike Evans is a fascinating discussion. He is an A-grade here because the matchup is so compelling. The Falcons rank 30th in wide receiver touchdowns. Uh, Touchdowns allowed dead last in red zone touchdowns per game. And here's the thing you need to know about Mike Evans, and this is maybe the most important part long-term, less about this game. Over the last two years, Mike Evans averages double the yardage and double the touchdown probability with Stu Beard. Yeah. He is a wreck with Jameis Winston. Now, this matchup is so compelling that I think you, you play Evans again here, and you start him, and he's got an A grade. If you're sitting on Mike Evans today in a redraft league, do you try to sell high? I'm going one more game because this game, this is such a compelling such matchup. A good game. It's such a compelling matchup, and then I'm moving Mike Evans after this game because Jameis Winston just doesn't have any accuracy on his deep balls, and that's where Evans was so good with Stewie was the deep passes. Evans has scored at least once in four of his last five against Atlanta. Yeah, this is so he's got a this, good history. This is the you were playing him through this week. Okay. And then I think you're I think moving and selling high on Mike Evans. 
is the way to go. There is one Jameis receiver that really gets the red zone targets. That would be Cameron Bray. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about Cameron Bray for a minute. Problem is, O.J. Howard's now healthy. And so I put Cameron Brait on the bench, even what? though he has scored 14 touchdowns in his last 26 games with Winston under center. Um, but O.J. Howard was surging prior to his injury. So I, well, I just, surging I just feel like with stew beard. With the stew beard, yes. Uh, Atlanta has held tight ends at bay. Only one has gone over 48 yards. Just one has scored all year. So I'm, I'm lukewarm on Brait. Well, I'm less than lukewarm. I'm cool. <laughs> I'm Luke cool on, on Cameron Brait. If O.J. Howard weren't playing, he would have a startable grade, but with him, I don't like him. Uh, Deshaun Jackson gets a B grade. He's gone over 100 yards three times in this season. He's tied for the team lead with three touchdowns. And But you know how this works with, with Deshaun Jackson. He's got to turn three or four catches into a touchdown, and that's not always reliable. But again, this is a, a Falcon secondary missing both of its starting safeties that gives up a lot of touchdowns. Chris Godwin gets a C grade because he runs from the slot along with Adam Humphreys, which convolutes things a bit. Uh, he they will draw the worst of the Falcons' corners. Brian Poole, um, Humphreys actually gets more snaps than Godwin, but Godwin catches a lot more passes than Humphreys. So I've still got him as a plausible C start for Chris Godwin. Let's go to the running game: Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. Hmm, this one's worth following. Last time we saw this Tampa team before the bye against the Bears in a blowout, Ronald Jones had far more snaps and more touches than Peyton Barber. So what happens this week? It's in flux. They could split carries. Or maybe they won't. Maybe they'll try to get Jones going because Barber's given so little to this point. Atlanta's defense is a complete mess. They got injuries to Deion Jones, Keanu Neal, Takaris McKinley, Grady Jarrett, they're 28th in yards per carry at five yards a game. They're 31st in rushing touchdowns allowed. So Barber and Jones are both plausible starts, and I've got them as C grades. We just don't know how the workload's going to work itself out. I'm shocked that you're not calling for the Jacquiz Rogers revenge game. I almost <laughs> did because, as we all know, Atlanta always gives up the most receptions to running backs. Yes. And... Then I looked at what Jackie's Rogers has caught. He's caught like six passes all year. It's like what a game. Two. Uh, he's got like a one a one a two and a three catch game so far this year. I'm like that's I can't do it. Now there is this. Ronald Jones can't catch. He is hands of stone. So Peyton Barber I think has a slight advantage. Not that he's a great pass catcher, but I do think Barber's got a slight advantage over Jones in a great matchup. If you're bold enough to Simply roll the dice on either hands of, these guys. of flesh. Yeah, hands of flesh with actual fingernails and uh, the little grooves, the little fingerprints. Uh, <laughs> fingerprints? That's the print. The <laughs> finger. What, what, what are the little grooves on your hand called? Your fingerprint grooves. Are they just <laughs> fingerprint grooves? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. This they got no time is it? But I think they're. I think that's. I think that's very important for the whole grippy nature uh. of the finger. Is the grooves the grippy what nature? Are the grooves? While you're looking that up, let's go to the Atlanta side, where Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley are all A starts. Ryan is my number one quarterback this week. Tampa has only one competent coverage corner, Brent Grimes. He only plays one side of the field, so they can just throw Julio Jones on the other side if they want, or they can put Ridley on that side, and then they get rookie cornerback Carlton Davis whenever they want. Now for Ridley. Remember, in Tampa's last game, Chicago's number 2 receiver, Taylor Gabriel, scored twice. Here comes Atlanta's number 2 receiver, Calvin Ridley, 
who is the touchdown scorer out of this group. So I love Ridley. He's my number six wide receiver this week. Julio Jones is my number three wide receiver. So I love all of them. Mohamed Sanu, love him. Might take a chance on me, uh, uh, wide receiver as well. All of those players, by the way, have Palmer flexion creases. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> is that what they're called? Sure. Palmer <laughs> flexion creases? Yeah. All right, they're creases. <laughs> um, staying with the passing game for one more name, Austin Hooper faces the league's worst defense against tight ends. Tampa Bay's given up 104 yards per game to the position, including at least 86 yards to the opponent's starter in three straight games. Austin Hooper, available in many leagues, and you can absolutely put him into your lineup if you've got bye week or injury problems at the tight end position, and frankly, who doesn't? Let's go to the running game. Devonta Freeman's been ruled out of this game. That surges Tevin Coleman up to a B grade despite his lackluster running performances so far this year. He has failed to top 3.6 yards per carry in four or five games, and Tampa's giving up just 3.9 yards per carry. I think his best chance for success is through the air, though, where he faces a Tampa defense, giving up the second most receiving yards to running backs. He should have some success, or he had some success against the Bucks last season, scoring two times in that one as well. So Tevin Coleman goes to a B. And Ido Smith is a plausible start as well. Can I give you a good stat here on Ido Smith? Please uh, do. The three games without Freeman this year, Tevin Coleman uh, is averaging 18 touches per game with five red zone carries. Ido Smith, 8.3 touches per game, nine red zone carries. Double the red nine zone. Nine times he's carried inside the red zone. Nine times. And they both have nine four rushing times. attempts inside the 10-yard line. So yeah, How about that? Yeah, so. Yeah. so Ido Smith is not a half-bad half touchdown play Bonus take uh, on, right? for you. Bonus take home right there, Ido Smith. And honestly, the way this Devonta Freeman thing is gone, Ido, who knows what – this might end up being one of these seasons where just Freeman is constantly hurt, battling knee and foot injuries all season long. Who knows? Ito Smith should be uh, should be on rosters. How are we doing on time? Uh, Great, not bad. We need Let's, the we need the gavel sound effect for Judge Ito Smith. We probably so. do. Uh, e and Albert Lee, hello. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Great, thank you. Uh, hey, uh, my question is that I own James Conner and Le'Veon Bell in one league. Uh, I'm wondering to help my running back position and wide receiver position. Should I? Trade Love Bell now, maybe trade both as a package deal. I'm kind of stuck here, man. I'm at a 3-2 and two record, and I need to do something. Well, E, it's funny you bring this topic up, because we are going to address it in the very next segment in detail. It's a little tip-off. Three hot questions coming up. One of them involves those guys. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis on The Fan. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly, hour number two. Many thanks to our decade-long sponsor, Grain Belt Premium, the official beer of fantasy football. Do not forget to play the free Crush Charge Challenge at GrainBelt.com. Win $2,000 and a trip to Manny's Steakhouse for our winner's banquet in January, one of the highlights of my year. Many thanks to our friends at the brewery, Sean Ryan, Brett Moss, Lee Wendinger, and, of course, the owners, Ted and Jody Marty, and at Manny's general manager, Dave Wilson, a fantasy player himself and 
a regular listener to this show. I can't wait to talk fantasy with Dave. Won't that be great? Hi, yeah. Dave. Yeah. Hey, Dave. Now, you may try to subvert. You know what he'll want to talk about? Alvin Kamara. He is a huge Saints fan. Oh, he, no. grew up, he grew up in New Orleans. Huge Saints oh, fan. He will love to talk. Bend your ear on Alvin Kamara. Brian's right looking there with him. To it, I, I'm, I'm sure you are looking forward to it. Well, Dave, that it'll be very special for everybody involved. Dave, let's meet up once a week at Manny's and I, let's talk about Alvin. Oh yeah, Tavani's hot question number one. Uh, by the way, side note: our Crush Charts Challenge winner from last week, Kurt Lafontaine. So Kurt will be that joining. Sounds us. like a Cajun name as well. It does. Funny. Hmm. Kurt Lafontaine. Uh, maybe we can get Dave to whip up some gumbo. I love gumbo. Do you love gumbo? Stuff. I am not sucking the head of, frankly, anything. So, you know. <laughs> That's and it's, not what gumbo is. <laughs> don't, it doesn't gumbo have to deal with the crawfish? <laughs> I can you, hear power trip quotes <laughs> hacking away at the keyboard right now. <laughs> I hope I didn't screw up that uh, that drop for the morning show right there. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. That's the bit. Isn't doesn't the gumbo have the crawfish in it? And then you snap the head off and you suck the brains out of the shell? I'm not doing that under any circumstances. You you gotta get better gumbo. (laughs) (laughs) You got some voodoo gumbo there. That's some bad gumbo right there. Tavani's hot question number one. Is Larry Fitzgerald droppable? Brian. I feel so bad for Larry. One of the best receivers of all time. Fifteen year career. Right. Eighteen quarterbacks he's had. Not one of them was good except Kurt Warner. (laughs) Yeah. From what I can remember. John Skelton. Come on. So sadly, he is droppable in fantasy. When he's out here for the this, the game this weekend, he should just stay. Stay home, Larry. Yeah, yeah. Just retire here. And just go to your house. Yes. Yeah. But uh, he is droppable, and it's not because of him. It's because the team is bad, and Josh Rosen looks awful. Uh, awful. Ten of twenty-five last week. He, Josh Allen was rightfully picked over him, in my opinion. But anyway, Fitz is droppable. Matt. Say something better than that. Well, everybody knows that the Carolina Reaper is the hottest pepper in the world. That is true. This is like a standard jalapeno question, though. Yeah. Yeah, he's droppable. Um, when I looked yesterday, he was down to 80% ownership in ESPN leagues with 11% of people dropping him this week. People have already picked up on this. They're dropping him. Uh, I dropped him in one of my leagues. And I, look, I, was, I, I got this one wrong. I really thought that he was going to be good this year. And what I didn't see coming was a hamstring injury that he was going to try to play through for three straight weeks that was going to deeply limit his his abilities. I didn't think Sam Bradford would be so bad he'd be benched in two games. It was It's all been everything that could go wrong with that offense has gone wrong. Um, I think Josh Rosen hasn't looked bad. I think he's just looked meh, and he's learning on the job. And by the way, tough matchup this week and next week. He gets Denver and Chris Harris out of the slot. You can't start him. And then two weeks after that, it's a bye. So when I looked over the next month of games, I believe he will have a starter's grade and probably only a C one time in the next month of games. I can find that on the waiver wire for sure. It's worth noting that his schedule after the bye eases up significantly. So if you see any life out of Larry Fitzgerald in the next couple weeks, that's the time to pick him up is around the bye when really people have gotten off the wagon. Giovanni's hot question number two. It looks like Dalvin Cook's finally healthy. Are you buying low or are you just glad you didn't draft him? Matt? Um, Kirk Cousins is dropping back to throw the ball a league high 75% of snaps. 
His average time with the ball in his hand is 2.6 seconds, which is the league's lowest time. That's because the offensive line has been so brutal and there's no proof that suddenly they're going to be able to run block. If so, you can, if you can buy insanely low, like super, super low, I'd probably do it. But the Vikings defense needs to come around. They need to feature the running game more and it's got to be a dirty low price. So only, only if it's like the lowest price possible. Uh, so is that a, are you buying low or are you just glad you didn't draft it? I'm buying really, 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 really low. I don't recall there being a series of reallys in that, that question. You decide the answer then. All right. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Technically, Brian. I, I, I'm glad I didn't draft him, mm-hmm. but I do want to buy low on him. Oh, that's allowed, right? Yeah. I'm going to say buy low. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Uh, well, you can be glad you didn't draft him. I'm glad I didn't draft him because now I can buy low on it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you can't. Anyway. And I suppose so. Uh, uh, wow. So Brian's going to get two right answers here. And I'm going to get two <laughs> you know, wrong That's ones. right. You're going to go 0 for 2 in one question. <laughs> I found the loophole. Uh, no, I think he, he, like Matt said, the, the Vikings are passing a ton. They do not want to do that throughout the season. I see the defense improving. I see Cook's health improving. And uh, I really just look, when I'm saying buy low now, looking later in the season, I'm hoping to make to the championship, you know, the semifinals. You've got the Dolphins and the Lions, both indoors. Those mm-hmm. are A-plus matchups for Cook if he's healthy. So you can get him pretty cheap, and he's worth stashing for those later games. Uh, Cook is extremely talented. And next year, in this offseason, what are the Vikings going to finally pay attention to? Because they have no choice. Offensive line. Have to. One way or another, this is going to be a better offensive line for the Vikings next season. He will be, Dalvin Cook will be inside my top ten in my pre, in our preseason shows next August. That doesn't help us now. For now, it's all the reasons that Matt said that I've got a lot of concern about an extremely talented player running in an offense that's not does not appear to be geared for his strengths and the offensive line just can't help anybody. And then I went to the schedule. And while Brian is correct, those weeks weeks 15 and 16 look great. Between here and there, it's not good. Between now and week 11, for the next six weeks, I believe he will be a strong, confident start in one game, Detroit in Week 9, all the rest are going to be flexor bench, and that's it for Dalvin Cook. What uh, about Green Bay? I don't think so. I don't think so. We'll see. All right. Uh, we you know, I think he'll. I think he'll be sitting at probably a C grade for that game. And then the Patriots too. You don't like uh, that game? I see a lot of passes. I can have to pass to play. You know, try to keep up with Tom Brady in that game. I don't know. I I just I don't see enough opportunities here for me to start him until I get to the playoffs, and I'm not sure I get to the playoffs. With Dalvin Cook. Again, elite elite back in a bad spot. Devani's hot question number three. Le'Veon Bell's reported timetable to return is quickly approaching. Should his owners sell now on the prospects of his return or hold tight and cash in on his possible return to glory? Brian. Well, there's kind of two scenarios here, right? Either you own James Conner or you don't as the Bell owner. If you don't own James Conner, you clearly try to sell him to the James Conner owner. He can get a nice return, I believe. But if you own both... Well, yeah, and and our caller, E and Albert Lee, does own both. But for the premise of this question, just to keep this focused, Sorry. the premise of this question is you don't own both. You have, you've got Bell, and what should you do with him? Are you holding or are you selling? <sighs> oh, man, stop. this is a hot question. I'm selling. Just because Connor has Giovanni's hot <laughs> question number three. It's hot and it's still tough too. I don't. I'm holding because they're gonna. 
Mike Tomlin historically has always used one back. Back in the days when Bell was suspended and D'Angelo, uh, D'Angelo Williams. Williams was going off, you thought they'd do a timeshare. They didn't when Bell came back. Bell got all the carries. I see that happening again, so I'm going to sell Bell. <laughs> so, Wait, that, you're that question, so you're I don't know. Bell. That question confused me. <laughs> you own, a, you, this is not that hard. You own Le'Veon Bell. Are you selling him now on the prospects of return, or are you holding him? What are you going to do, Matt? Charge, you did it. <laughs> I, I, Charge, you, you did it. Brian's brain you, with you, this one. You hit the Carolina Reaper, the hottest <laughs> pepper in the world. You did it. And the Carolina Reaper has been known to cause brain damage in people. And it, it just did, did. To Brian. It just did. We've had a, our first ever meltdown. <laughs> Mental <laughs> meltdown over a... a, a Brian a, damage. A, yeah, Brian damage. I like it. It's possible that... I mean, you've maybe even hit the dragon's breath pepper, which preliminary testing of the hybrid dragon's breath gives it a 2.4 million Scoville heat units, which blows the Carolina Reaper out of the water. So, I mean, this is it. Uh, but you've waited six weeks, seven if you include the bye week. So why would you bail on Le'Veon Bell now? If you're going to sell, there were about three other times to do it earlier in the season. When he announced he was coming back in week seven, he had a, a peak in value. When the team announced they were trying to get a trade for him, he had a little peak in value. You've come this far, stay put. Le'Veon Bell is going to take you to a fantasy title. Sell, baby, sell. Yeah. We don't know when or if he will ever come back. And most importantly, when he comes back, who's to say he's even going to be on the field, let alone the workhorse back that he was in the past? James Conner, by virtually any metric, has been as good or better than Le'Veon Bell. Now, when he comes back, can you guys tell me that is Le'Veon Bell in shape? Has he been working out? Yes. We don't know. Yes. Does he know this year's playbook? We don't know. Uh, are there is are there organizational grudges against Le'Veon Bell? Yes. We do know. Yes is the answer. <laughs> Offensive line spoke out about him check a month and ago. Check. So many question marks about Le'Veon Bell, and you can still get value. You can turn him into a starting running back in this league. Somebody who can help you right now. Maybe there's a scenario where everything breaks Le'Veon Bell's way perfectly, but um, if it if any part of it doesn't, you're stuck. Get out now on Le'Veon Bell, unless you're Ian Albert Lee and you've got both guys. Now, if you've got both guys, like E does, in that case, I think you just sit and hold and you just see how this thing plays out. Now you know you have the luxury, but most people don't have that. Lee, are you squared away? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much so. I think uh, I was actually thinking about uh, trading them, see if I could get like maybe a running back and wide receiver combo. Yeah, I, look, I, I'm all for finding out what you can get for Bell. I, I want to know what you think you could get at the high end for Le'Veon Bell, just a straight-up running back trade. What do you think you could get? I bet you get you Joe Mixon? Get, God, no. You can't okay. get Mixon because he's an RB1. Can you get a James White? Yes. Um, can you get a... Jordan Howard and a receiver. We're yeah. about to talk Jordan Howard. Uh, so, if you're looking to get a good back and a quality receiver, Howard's a guy that you can buy really dirt cheap right dirt now cheap and a right quality now. wide yeah. receiver. That would be a and that that's that's one of my targets was Howard and maybe like a Tyreek Hill that that uh, one of the other owners has mm-hmm. and maybe do like a combo something like that. My only thing is that I'm afraid that he's gonna get like hurt or something like that during the season and then I'm stuck with him and he has no value. I mean, I still which which guy? Wait, which guy are you talking about getting hurt? He's talking about Bell. Bell? 
Yeah, Bell. Oh, well, then you got Connor. I mean, that's the beauty of holding both, and why? Unless I can, if I'm if I'm in your shoes, unless I can get a really good deal on Bell, you're in the you're in the perfect position to just hold and play this, watch this thing play out, knowing you've got the starter and the backup on a okay. on a, an extremely high functioning offense. So I think the the you know, if you can get a ton for Bell, still great, go do it. Yeah, but Dalvin Cook is another guy to pair with a receiver. If you're trying, if you're trying to get a two for one, on you want to get the heavy end. Uh, Howard Cook, those are by low running backs. They're by low running backs. So I nice just think receiver. you can get more. I oh, think yeah, you no. get more for the. I can get more for Bell. People still think Bell is just this special back who's going to power them to the, through the playoffs, and he's always uh, been a special back. I don't. James Conner's just as special. Apparently, it doesn't take that much. Wow. Let's go back to the matchups. Do we have time? Yeah, we can. We can squeeze in a matchup here. Chicago taking on. The Miami Dolphins, Brian. The uh, I want to start on the Miami side. It's all bad. This is an, an offense that's really struggling, and here comes the hottest defense in the NFL. I don't think there's anybody to start here. Nope, they are all on the bench. That's it's that simple against this Bears defense. And Ryan Tannehill might not even play. That means Brock Osweiler. Oh, yeah. yeah, that knocks out any consideration teams for are, the passing game. Teams are throwing seventy percent of the time on Chicago because you just cannot run against that front seven. So you're not mm-hmm. playing the running backs, and you're just yeah, Kenny Stills is the one guy you might want to talk about, but he's too boomer bust. So he's thir- Miami on the bench. Uh, over to the Bears. Just talked about Jordan Howard. I'm going to give him an A in this matchup. I'm I'm seeing a big bounce back game uh, here. Uh, the Dolphins' run defense is atrocious, so bad it had me touting Mark Walton as a take-on last week. But uh, Joe Mixon took all the work, had a great game. They've been giving up a lot uh, to running backs. So I'm giving Howard an A and Tariq Cohen a C. Uh, Jalen Richard, James White, and Bilal Powell all went for over 50 receiving yards against the Dolphins, so Cohen is startable. Uh, Taylor Gabriel and Allen Robinson both get a C, and it's because of Xavier Howard, who just mm-hmm. shuts down anyone on the boundaries, doesn't play the slot a whole lot. Um Robinson has played out of the slot a lot. So Howard's been in the slot 3% of the time. So basically yeah. whoever's in the slot has hope in this game. Yeah. Howard's going to shut out the outside guys. So they both get to see. I'm not sure who's going to run out of the slot more. Uh, and then um, Trey Burton, the last guy, he gets a C as well. Miami has been tough against uh, tight ends so far. Burton only had four targets and two catches in the, the last, last game. But uh, I think he's the most viable pass-catching option in this game. But Trubisky on the bench. There's, there's not going to need to score a lot in this game. They, well, they may not. Yeah, uh, you know, Trubisky it. is fascinating because of the six touchdowns before the bye, but we've got, you know, his previous, whatever, 20 starts that show him to be a very inconsistent starter. And, mm-hmm. and I think this is a game where you just, you just hold off. Uh, I like, I like Tariq Cohen because Xavier Howard is a guy that you have to start thinking about. Xavier Howard goes on Allen Robinson. Tariq Cohen gets far inferior coverage. And I think this yeah. might be another case a little bit like two weeks ago, uh, where, Tariq Cohen ends up uh, ends up being the highest scoring receiver on the team. They will put a Rob in the slot a lot, and that's a that's a trend now. All it the is. all the premium receivers are yeah. running out of the scene. AJ Green is doing it more. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Cohen is a nice. Player. I think Cohen's a sneaky play in this one. I like it. Definitely uh, startable. Uh, you didn't touch on Gore and, and Kenyon Drake directly, but let me just mention this: Bears haven't given up a rushing touchdown this year, and they're third in rushing yards per game. It's yeah. a it's a terrible matchup for two guys that are splitting carries and have been deeply inconsistent and and really underwhelming fantasy starters. Matt, yeah. Uh, when we come back, Buffalo takes on Houston. Deshaun Watson is, I think, is is looking like he's rounding into form, but he gets a sneaky competent buffalo secondary this is true when we when it when we come back will you tell us all about it i will oh that would be great thanks this is fantasy football weekly presented by green belt premium on the fanners 
Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. Hey, we've got a great deal going at Fanball, where you can get all my player rankings for free, and we encourage you to go there, see all of this week's player rankings and explanations for each guy. A lot of sites will publish just a list of names in a row. We actually explained how we got to their rankings, so you can decide for yourself whether or not you agree. Also, if you go to fanball.com slash radio, you get a buy one, get one on our signature $30,000 contest for week six. Just build a lineup, register. When you pay for one lineup, I will buy your next lineup. Buy yes. one, get one. And only works if you go through fanball.com slash radio. You have to go radio. through fanball.com slash radio. If you go to fanball.com and you just find our signature $30,000 event, you'll have to pay like everybody else. Yeah. But if you go to slash radio, you get to buy one, get one. And that's the way you want to approach it for sure. I will pay for the next one. And if you're anything like me, as you're constructing the lineup, you're always like, duh, I really like this other variation of my lineup. Here's a way to get the second uh, one. You know what I'm doing with the get one free? I'm putting it in an auction. Oh, yeah, you can do that. Really, what we're doing, we're just funding your account, the extra yeah. five bucks. It's five bucks that you, you can, can spend play it anywhere you want, anywhere you including want. our auction engine. Oh, our auction I'll talk a little bit so more fun. about it. The auction's the best. Is It's the most fun you can have playing fantasy football, period. Are the auctions at FAMBLE. I'm going to talk more about that later. Let's jump into the matchups. Buffalo taking on Houston. For the Buffalo offense, There's honestly, there's not a lot to like here, and I'm interested in whether or not you've got any starting grades, including LaShawn McCoy. I've got a C grade on LaShawn McCoy. The Texans just held Ezekiel Elliott to 84 total yards on 27 touches. McCoy and the Bills are like a less scary version of the Cowboys offense, so McCoy will probably get the volume that Elliott saw. But that's it. I, that, he He's maybe 80 yards and uh, coin flips chance at a touchdown, and that's it. And All I right. don't really like it that much. Uh, on the other side, well, everybody else on Buffalo on the bench, by the way. Yes. On the other side, I'm giving Deshaun Watson a C. That's it? Yep, because he was limited in practice all week. Mm-hmm. And the Bills' defense has held, in the last three weeks, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, and Marcus Mariota, Mariota, to Mar. two total passing touchdowns. Yep. I guess the bright spot is that the Bills have allowed the ninth most rushing yards to quarterbacks this year, and Watson leads the NFL in rushing yards for quarterbacks. So I'm only giving him a C because the injury and Buffalo's defense is actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is getting a B grade. Hopkins should get shadowed by Tredavious White, who's actually been very good this year. He's only allowed 118 yards on 18 targets this season, and no wide receiver has scored against him. And he covered Diggs. Devontae Adams and Corey Davis in the last three weeks. So those are pretty good receivers. Yeah, he's he's yeah. doing a good and job. And he's not there. giving up a touchdown. That's great. So uh he gets the B. Will Fuller gets a C. He's not quite over the hamstring injury as they deployed him as a decoy last week. He played in ninety six percent of the snaps, but only had three targets in the game. Still, if he's suddenly feeling better, he's a Will Fuller boom potential yeah. in any given week. And then Kiki Cute. Yes. I'm very upset about the pronunciation of his name, by the way. First, Why? I want to call him Keek. Why? Just because that's how it looks. Okay. Uh, and just like how I want to call the Jacksonville wide receiver Deed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Second, how is this cutie? Are we clipping coupons? <laughs> is it Kirk Cusins? Come on. Either way, he's averaging 11 targets per game and he gets a C grade this week. He ran a route on 42 of Watson's 45 dropbacks in week five. How about that? All 22 of his targets have been short, though. They've all been within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage. He's a possession guy, he's not a deep ball player. Right. But PPR, hey. 
those, PPR, those catches count, baby. He, he, it counts for sure. Uh, the running game is on the bench, both Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue. Lamar Miller looks like he's back from a chest injury this week, which means he's going to probably slot in as the top runner. Alfred Blue last week had 20 carries, mm. but only 46 yards. However, on the flip side, eight receptions for 118 yards. So Blue's the pass catcher now. Lamar Miller's still holding the, the running game down, Gross. and it's just absolutely disgusting. Let's just avoid. I think that's the way to go. Absolutely. Carolina takes on Washington. Cam Newton's an A grade. The Redskins' secondary looked absolutely lost on Monday night, and it's now three straight games in which the Redskins have allowed multiple passing touchdowns. Josh Norman was benched in that game, and you know who knows about his status here and where his head is at this point. Newton, by the way, suddenly with a plethora of semi-competent receiving options, Greg Olson returns for this game. DJ Moore is showing signs of life. Curtis Samuel just made the best play of his entire professional career. And Jarius Wright's a chain mover. Cam Newton's got a bunch of options right now. They don't stand a chance, though, because this is a Josh Norman revenge game. Oh, well, there's that. it is a Josh Norman revenge game. If he's on the field for it. If he's still in the league. Exactly. Um Devin Funches gets a B grade. If history is any indication, Funches will most often line up against the best of Washington's corners, and that's not Josh Norman. That's Quentin Dunbar. Dunbar's almost as tall as Funches. He's like six foot two. He's very tall for cornerbacks, making this a tricky matchup for Funches. Um, it's been speed guys that have beaten the Redskins receivers, not the physical ones. Like last week's game, Traquan Smith, speed guy, got the love, not Michael Thomas. As one example, and there are many others throughout uh, throughout the uh, the Redskins years so far. It's the speed guys that have better luck. So I'm just uh, it's a lukewarm B grade on Devin Funches, C grade on Greg Olson in his return because the Redskins have allowed the fewest yards to tight ends. Olson has only scored twice in his last 16 games, and he got the injury issues that have contributed to him. He's only he's only top three catches or 33 yards once in his last nine games. So we need to see a little more production. And this doesn't necessarily look like a spot for it. Going to the running game, Christian McCaffrey gets a B grade here. Redskins are allowing the sixth fewest rushing yards per game. And the high water mark for any runner against Washington, Jordan Wilkins, 61 yards. That's it. They've also been tough on receiving backs, allowing the eighth fewest uh, yards to receiving backs. And they haven't allowed a touchdown through the air at all this year. Excellent pass catching backs like Alvin Kamara, Naheem Hines, and David Johnson posted 15 yards receiving, negative two yards receiving, and 30 scoreless yards receiving against Washington. Christian McCaffrey, who is an odd, feels like a guy you start every week, this matchup is actually shockingly tricky for him. Let's go to the Redskins side where I don't like really many people here. The whole passing game except Jordan Reed is on the bench. All three of Washington's starting receivers are game-time decisions. And I don't think you'd want to start any of them anyway because they've all been dreadful. <laughs> um, so we're we're gonna we're gonna keep all the receivers on the bench. Alex Smith is obviously struggling a lot himself here, uh, and then Jordan Reed. I'm keeping with a B grade because you do have the injuries to Richardson, Doxson, and Crowder. That passing game has to go through Jordan Reed. The Panthers let the two best tight ends they faced this year post good games. Tyler Eifert posted a 74 yard game. Austin Hooper put up 60 yards and a touchdown. So, I like Jordan Reed. I don't like any other part of the passing game. Adrian Peterson comes in as a game-time decision. He is dealing with ankle, knee, and shoulder injuries. By the way, sell now. Adrian is breaking down before our eyes. Sell now on Adrian Peterson. I thought his career was over after that 
first big oh, yeah, that, that I thought he was injury done. looked bad. Yeah. He said he's going to sign with the Vikings again to retire. I think that's great. <laughs> it might happen next week. I mean, it could happen next week. <laughs> Carolina presents a tough challenge anyway. They've given up the fourth fewest rushing attempts per game and a healthy uh, 4.5 yards per carry. I I got to see great on Adrian. He'll pro- I think he starts this game because he is an Iron Man, but I don't love the matchup. Chris Thompson may not go as well. He is also a game time decision. And slumping badly, he in the first two games, Chris Thompson had 221 total yards in those two games. And then over the last two, all the way down to just 79 yards. He hasn't topped 2.8 yards per carry since the opener. And um, Carolina's good against receiving backs. They've got Thomas Davis back. Luke Keekley are excellent at guarding backs out of the backfield. So I can't even recommend Chris Thompson for a receiving angle in this game. He is on the bench. And you guys know I love Chris Thompson. I love to find ways to get him into my lineup. I don't think this is the week, especially with the injury. Next matchup, the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Denver Broncos. Brian, it looks like Cooper Cup is going to be available. Brandon Cooks are going to be available. That's huge for this, and it vaults Jared Cook back into auto start territory for me. Yeah, all Woods, Cooks, Cup, all get an A. Uh Denver secondary is a... It's in shambles right now. It's in shambles. I mean, we all saw what Robbie Anderson did last week and a few weeks ago. If Amari Cooper catches 10 of 10 targets for over 100 yards and a touchdown... That's a sign. You're starting all the Rams receivers. You're obviously starting Todd Gurley. He gets an A. Just to put things in perspective, Gurley has 28 opportunities, carries, and targets inside the opponent's 10-yard line. Yeah. Alvin Kamara has 22. No other running back is more than 14. Wow. Gurley... Yeah, going it goes great. without saying. Yep. And then and Jared Goff is an easy A to pair with those receivers, of course. Yep. Uh, so worth noting, though, it's supposed to be very cold, 20s and snow in Denver. Yeah. So whatever about that? that's worth. If we want to do some weather uh, terrorism, I don't think it, it changes anything. Nah, not really. Um, over to the Denver side, just three starting grades here. Uh, both wide receivers, Manny Sanders and Demarius Thomas, are going to give a B. I like Sanders more in this one. Uh, Without Aqib Tlaib, we could add another cornerback revenge game in this one, by the yeah, way. Yeah, good point. With Tlaib on IR, uh, the first three games, I think they gave up two wide receiver touchdowns yeah. since then. Six. Six. Yeah. Marcus Peters. You want Marcus <laughs> Peters? Has given up five of them. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, Pro Football Focus has the three Chiefs corners graded above Marcus Peters right now. How about that? That <laughs> says a lot. Yeah. So, and... Man, Sanders and Thomas are startable in this one. Uh, game script should favor them as well. They should Agreed. be chasing points. And then the only other uh, starting grade I'm going to give to is uh, Philip Lindsay. Um, been money this year, and uh, he has. And this year, the Rams are allowing 13 catches per game to AFC West running backs. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> well, the, the Oakland Raiders had 13 catches from their running backs against. Uh, the, these Rams, so uh, you got to like Lindsey in this one, averaging six uh, yards per carry as well. Yeah, uh, but, how about that? And, and you can't trust Freeman right now, unfortunately. You can't. The usage. Nope. Let's be clear about this. I think in the minds of most of our listeners, Royce Freeman is the starting running back, and Philip Lindsey is the backup. Mm-hmm. Nay, nay. This is <laughs> nay. Philip Lindsey by all workload. Contraire. Yeah, all contraire. Philip Lindsay's your starting running back, and Freeman is more like your goal line vulture kind of guy. Although they give Lindsay the they give Lindsay carries inside. He's he's tiny. He's like five foot eight, but they give him carries inside the ten too. He's had seventy nine total yards or more in every full game. Philip Lindsay. He's, he's been not a, getting kicked out. He's, he's a great player. He is a great player. I'll mention Case Keenum real quick. He is on the bench. This could be. He's on a short leash. Watch out for Chad Kelly. Dynasty. Yeah, it, it could happen. Super flex. It could happen. Players, not, hopefully not Kelly. in mid game. 
Anybody else on anybody else in that matchup? Uh, I'm not going to touch on the, the tight ends. No, okay, not all right, good. Uh, let's uh, let's try to sneak in one quick matchup: Jacksonville yeah. taking on Dallas. Matt, this will be quick. Both passing games on the bench. Blake right. Bortles and Dak Prescott are among the league's worst passers. Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Dallas, and Jacksonville are each among the league's best pass defenses. Dallas has allowed the 12th fewest passing yards and the third fewest passing scores. Jacksonville. The fewest yards and touchdowns through the air. There are yeah. no plays in the passing game for either team. Agreed. The best receivers in this game are probably both running backs, and they both get B starts. TJ Yeldon gets a B. He's led the Jags in receptions in two of the last three games. He's averaging 5.7 yards per carry in the games where Fournette has missed. The Cowboys are allowing the sixth fewest rushing yards per game this year, though. But the fifth most receptions to opposing backs. Hmm. It's notable that uh, they did sign Jamal Charles this week, but I'm not sure he gets much time here. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's the only other start in this game. He gets a B grade. Zeke can't dip below a B this season because he's getting 25 carries in almost every game. But it's not an A because the Jags are top 11 in rushing yards, receiving yards, and touchdowns allowed to running backs. Still, Kareem Hunt did end up with 87 yards last week, and if yep. Kareem Hunt can do it, so can Zeke. Yep. And if anyone scores a touchdown on the Cowboys' offense, it will be Zeke. Yeah, it's it's him or nobody, basically. Uh, you get the oddball uh, Jeff Swaim from time to time, and that's about it. Not much else to talk about. When we come back, final set of matchups, premature speculation, and your phone calls. Lightning round looming. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly coming up next. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian, Brian Johnson, Matt Harrison with you. Uh, a final uh, mention of Fanball Daily Auctions. It is brand new. Been working on this in secret for 10 months, bringing to life an amazing, fast-paced, frantic bidding game that's unlike any auction experience you've ever had, and the whole thing lasts less than 10 minutes. And you get to bid live against five other people, four different players at one time. Build out your roster. It is a freaking blast. And you can play it completely for free, or you can play it for cash. Go to fanball.com or directly to our auction area, fanball.com slash bid. B-I-D bid. Premature speculation. These are guys you can pick up now that we think will be hot waiver wires next week, beginning with Brian Johnson. I might make show history here. This, the most longest-running, greatest fantasy football show of all time. Yeah. Have you ever had a kicker in premature speculation? <laughs> yeah, I think we probably, probably. have, but n- not often. Well, Maybe. this is a good one. Right. He's under 50% owned. Yeah. Go grab Legatron if you have space on your team. He's not playing kicking this week. He's not yep. foot-punching in Denver, huh, but he should be back next week on the best offense in the NFL, right. and next. he's out there. That's inexplicable if you have kickers in your league right now. The only thing that matters for kickers really is opportunities, and he gets plenty. All right, Matt, who you got? I got Brian's guy, CJ Uzoma, the Uzi. Uh, This week he's got a great matchup against Pittsburgh. Next week he gets Kansas City, which is just an easy matchup as well. The Chiefs Mm -hmm. have already allowed the most tight end yards in the league. And oh, by the way, they play Gronk this week, so there's very little chance of that going down. So I like CJ Uzoma for... A lot of people who need tight end help. Cleveland wide receiver, rookie wide receiver, Antonio Callaway, owned at only 22% of ESPN leagues, uh, is your full-time starter because Richard Higgins sprained his M- MCL and is expected to miss two to four weeks. Who does Callaway play in those four weeks? The Chargers rank 28th in fantasy points to wide receivers. That's this week. Then the Bucks, who rank 31st in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. 
then the Steelers, who rank 30th in fantasy points to wide receivers, and then if it's uh, if it goes four weeks, the Chiefs, who rank 21st in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And by that point, it, the talented rookie receiver could be a second rounder. He could just pass by Rashard Higgins easily. At that point, he might be the starter for the rest of the year. Antonio Callaway, a very savvy pickup this week. Great schedule coming up. Let's get our final matchups in, and then we'll go to the phones for lightning round. Kansas City taking on New England. I know it sounds as simple as just, hey, start everybody. And in some ways it kind of is, but there are some murky parts of this I want to illuminate. Let's start with the Kansas City side, where obviously Mahomes is an A grade. Travis Kelsey is an A grade. Tyreek Hill, though, he's been trending downward since scoring three times in the first two weeks, and he's gone scoreless in three straight games. He hasn't topped 61 receiving yards in three straight games. Patriots have been abysmal against opposing receivers, though, and he does have a promising matchup against slot cornerback Jonathan Jones. Jonathan Jones is one of the fastest slot corners in the league, but he doesn't have anywhere near the coverage skills to hang with Hill, so I like Hill as an A grade as well. Sammy Watkins is a B grade, and actually, he's been better than Tyreek Hill from a fantasy standpoint over the last three weeks. And he should get volume. The Patriots are allowing almost 15 receptions per game to opposing receivers. That's tied for sixth most. The downside is he will probably get shadow coverage from the Patriots' best cornerback, Stephon Gilmore. Last guy I want to mention, Kareem Hunt. You may remember last year's season opener between these two teams when Kareem Hunt burst onto the scene with 246 total yards and three touchdowns. And Hunt's carries have increased in every game since the opener, up to 22 last week. That should be plenty of volume here for as he finds success against a mediocre Patriots run defense. A grade for Kareem Hunt. Let's go to the other side. Tom Brady, obvious A start. Normally at this time, I would say Rob Gronkowski, obvious A start, but he hasn't gone over 75 yards or scored in four straight games. So, you know, there are some questions here, right? Well... Not really. Kansas City's allowed the most yards to opposing tight ends and the third most tight end reception. So Gronk, with 10 days off to get healthy, love him. A grade. Staying with the passing game, Julian Edelman, a B grade. He comes back just in time to face a Kansas City secondary that's allowed the fifth most receptions per game, seventh most yards per game to opposing receivers. Kansas City slot corner Kendall Fuller got roasted in the first couple of games of the season, but he's actually been very good since then allowing an average of just four catches and 41 scoreless yards per game. So just a B-grade on Edelman. I'm showing a little bit of caution here. What about Josh Gordon, you say? Ten days off to recover from his hamstring injury, but he's still questionable on the um, on the injury report. Last time we saw Gordon, his targets from Brady had doubled. He had that long touchdown double coverage that he scored. Strong matchup on both sides of the field where he'll draw either Steven Nelson on one side or Orlando Skandrick on the other side, both of them are converted slot corners playing effectively out of position. I like Josh Gordon, a B grade on him. Love the running backs. Although I'll note, Sonia Michelle's questionable with any injury, but he is expected to play here. Michelle's the first Patriots running back to see 15-plus touches in three straight games in three seasons. Got to go back to LeGarrette Blunt. And the volume's unlikely to be a, a problem against a defense here, surrendering a league-worst 5.8 yards per carry. I like Sony Michelle a lot. He is inside my top 10 this week. James White is inside my top 10 for his pass-catching ability. Kansas City's allowed the second-most receptions and the most receiving yards to opposing running backs. A great opportunity for James White as well. So it was as simple as start everyone. Kind of. 
I could have <laughs> probably cut three minutes out of that one. San Francisco taking on Green Bay. Brian. Uh, Matt Breda, probably not going to play. They're no, saying, will not go. Well, no th- chance. It's not official yet. I know, he, he's but it ain't go. It's probably not going to happen, so I'll give Al- Alf uh, Morris a C here. He's likely to get 19 to 20 touches. The two backs that have hit that uh, watermark, 19 touches, Adrian Peterson and Jordan Howard, went for over uh, 100 total yards against the Packers, so Alf is certainly startable with no Breda. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk? Juszczyk, nice. My take, take on wide receiver? Preferably in PPR. He's a pass-catching option. I yeah. should throw him that They called in. him a wide receiver, but he, yeah. and he basically is a wide receiver playing fullback. And speaking of basically a wide receiver, George Kittle, absolute monster. Uh, he gets an A, the only niner worth, uh, only other niner worth talking about. Uh, Jordan Reed, Kyle Rudolph, and uh, one more tight end of his ilk. Sorry. It's okay. They did all well against the Packers. Uh, George Kittle's going to do well. They're going to be chasing points, so Kittle gets an A for me. Uh, over to Green Bay. It's pretty easy here. Aaron Rodgers, easy A. Devontae Adams, easy A. Mm-hmm. Um, not so easy now with Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb coming back in the mix. I'll give them both a C in this matchup. Yeah. The Niners have allowed six wide receiver touchdowns. Uh, and uh, they actually have a very good run defense. So I like the pass they, game a whole lot more. They do. And it's a mess, that backfield for Green Bay. It's such a mess. We thought Aaron Jones was going to have the breakout game last week in an easy matchup, and they just didn't give him the ball. Yep. They won't stop running Jamal Williams, who's getting literally... Half the yardage on a per-touch basis from what Aaron Jones is getting, but Mike McCarthy will not take him off the field. Yep. So, Viking fans can thank Mike McCarthy for the Packers not winning like five Super Bowls in the Rodgers era. I, honestly, I, I think there's something to be said for that. So, yeah, all backs are on the bench until they figure that out. Uh, outside of Melvin Gordon, no one other running back has gone over 55 yards against the Niners. So, How about uh, that? All of them are on the bench. And Jimmy Graham also gets a, a B. Uh, they uh San Francisco has given up four tight end touchdowns already to guys like Demetrius Harris, Michael Roberts. I think Oof. Jimmy Graham's got a shot. I think he does too. He's been uh, he's been very good lately. Baltimore taking on Tennessee. Matt, our final matchup of the show. Uh, Buck Allen and Alex Collins both on the bench. The Titans have allowed the six most rushing yards to running backs this season, but they have not allowed a rushing or receiving touchdown to the position this mm-hmm. year. They're also very good against pass catching backs, and that. Kind of leaves Buck Allen, who's getting the better end of the timeshare, out. Right. Um, so both of those guys are on the bench. I have Joe Flacco on the bench, too. Cleveland is an eerie comparison to the Titans' pass defense. Both are better than one might think. The Titans have allowed 225 passing yards and just over a touchdown per game. It's got to be a really good matchup for you to start Flacco anyway. John Brown's the only guy on the Ravens side that I gave a starting grade to. He gets a C. Brown is third in the NFL in yards per catch at just a hair under 21 yards. Unfortunately, he's never topped five catches in a game this season, and the Titans are in the top ten in yards allowed to opposing wide receivers. Uh, over on the Titans side, their running game is also a mess. Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry both on the bench. The Ravens are top eight in every statistical category against runners. They've allowed only one score to the position this season. Lewis and Henry are still both in a timeshare and should be on your bench this week, as well as Marcus Mariota, also on the bench, coming off a goose egg against the Bills last week. Mariota faces a Ravens defense with just, oh, oh man, no. Uh, teams are allowing almost 40 pass, or teams are throwing almost 40 pass attempts against the Ravens this year. That's super high. That's seventh most in the league. But the Ravens are allowing the fourth fewest passing yards and the third fewest passing scores. So lots of volume against the Ravens. No <laughs> results. So no, no, we don't want to do that with Marcus Mariota. Uh, Corey Davis, he gets a C grade, almost a desperation C. And we're hoping that the return of Jimmy Smith is maybe just a rusty Jimmy Smith. But here's what you can expect from Davis. 
just because he's going to see the most targets. Top wide receivers against the Ravens this year. Antonio Brown, 62 yards. Jarvis Landry, 69 yards. Demarius Thomas, 63 yards. Hmm. Juju, 60 yards. Do you see a pattern here? I do. He's going to get about five catches and about 60 yards and a dice roll chance at a score. And maybe it's a 12-sided dice roll chance at a score. That's it. All right. It is time for lightning round. You guys know the rules for lightning round. One question between two players, and we will zip through as many calls as we possibly can. Kent, you've been very patient. Thank you very much. No problem. Uh, Standard League, Godwin or a healthy Allison? All right. Uh, I like Godwin in Standard. He's a better red zone threat. All right. In a great matchup. Robin, you are next. Hi. um, I have Connor, and I was wondering if I should trade um, uh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, carry on Johnson for Bell. Yes. You should trade carry on yeah, Johnson if you can for get, Bell, yes. If you can get Bell for carry on Johnson and, and then have him together with Connor, yes, you should do it, Robin. Secure that backfield. For sure. Thank you, Robin. Uh, Greg, you are next on the show. Hey, guys. PPR, Tyler Lockett or Chris Godwin. All right. Is that one you? I, I don't know. Is that on me? Yeah. Uh, I'm taking Lockett, who's basically been a starter every every in every. But was he scored in every game or every game but one this year? Yeah, I don't trust Baldwin. Is not right at all. No, Doug Baldwin. That's that's true too. He practiced Mike. in full all week yeah. though. Mike, you're next. Morning, fellows. Uh, Standard League: Kyle Rudolph or David Njoku. Uh, I got to go with Matt's guy and Joku. I like the matchup for Rudolph, but they're not going to score a lot. I gave Rudolph a B. I like Rudolph. I love a lot Joku this, this week. Too, All right. <laughs> uh, Ryan in uh, in Iowa. Hello. Um, Ito Smith or Adrian Peterson in uh, Scott Fishbowl. Oh, it's a Scott Fishbowl oh, question. No. I like it. Our first one of those. That's super cool. Um, I'm still going to go with Adrian because I think the touches will be there. All right. Uh, Brianna, hello. Hi, Jameis Winston or Russell Wilson? Um, I've got I've got Wilson a couple of spots higher, although I like both this week. Uh, but I've got I've got Russ uh, a couple of spots higher. What's killing him though, as you guys alluded to, no rushing, none this year for Wilson. Kevin, you're next. Marry one and kill one. Mary Fitzgerald or Chris Hogan for the rest of the season. Oh man, uh, anyone Two on guys the waiver we got wire wrong this year? <laughs> yeah. Rest of season, I'll, I'll take stick Fitz. with Fitz. Yeah, you gotta go. Fitz, Fitz is just way, way better. Yeah, yeah. Tony, you're next. Uh, Mahomes or Rodgers? Uh, it's Mahomes. Yeah, come on. Ro- Rodgers dinged up that knee a little bit. It's worth mentioning in the last game. They said he he re-injured it a little bit. Yeah. So Doctor David for Chow sure. I have, it was legit. Yeah. He's convinced he re-injured it. He has like, really, yeah, he has circled stuff and all that. I've got uh, I've got Mahomes three and Rogers four this week. Taco, you're next. Hey guys, uh, non PPR David Johnson or White in a shootout. Non PPR is the key the key part of that question. I think. Am I, I think up? it's on it. Yeah, it's you, but it's uh, DJ, right? Yeah. Uh, Bill, you're next. Uh, standard scoring David and Joku or Trey Burton. All right. Uh, I'm sticking with the Joker and Joku. Eric, you're on the fan. Hi, uh, Standard League, Tyler Boyd or Jarvis Landry? Ooh, I like them both this week. Matt? I'm going to stick with Jarvis Landry. Uh, just there's so many targets there, and, and yeah, it's got to be Landry. And Matt's all in on the Browns. I am week. all in on the you Browns. Are, big time. Alex, you're next. Deshaun Watson or Jared Goff? 
Uh, Jared Goff, with all three of the receivers there in a, against a really, really struggling Denver secondary. I like him a lot. Bryce, you are next. Hi, it's actually Mike, but uh, okay. Ben Roethlisberger or Jared, Ro- Jared Goff? Uh, I'm going to stick with Goff still, even in the bad weather. Roethlisberger on the road, usually no bueno. Yep. Uh, Jason, you're our final caller today. Jason. And he gave up. Jason gave up. Uh, that, he, well, he, he was our final caller anyway, music, but that so. was it. Yeah, that maybe that's it. He heard the music. Uh, for those of you listening to the podcast of our early show, really, really appreciate those who take the time to subscribe on iTunes, leave rankings and reviews for the show to help other people outside of Minneapolis find this show. We always appreciate that. Gophers Ohio State pregame show coming up next. Talk to you in a week, everybody. Bye-bye.